0: and Steve on Arizona Sports Saturday.
1: Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Tuesday, 1 o'clock Arizona time. That is the MLB trade deadline. Now, the deadline has been pretty crazy in the last couple of years. We know that uh, there's been expanded playoffs in the MLB in the last couple of seasons, and it's changed things a little bit. This is a dramatic seller's market, so if you're the Diamondbacks and you're looking to add pieces to improve your team, how do you go about Doing that at an odd trade deadline. Well, they have a couple of days to figure that out. Joining us now, uh, he's my co-host on the Ain't No Fang podcast. He covers the Diamondbacks at ArizonaSports.com. He's Alex Weiner. Thanks for being in with us, Alex. Absolutely. I finally
2: got the uh, headphones situation figured out.
0: And we're <laughs> hey, go. that's half the battle. <laughs> uh, follow him on Twitter, too, because he's been doing a very good job of keeping us updated, specifically with the injury notes yesterday. At uh, Alex J. Weiner, I believe. For the fans out there,
2: correct. I wasn't going to do the the shameless plug, but you can. No, no, no. Mitch does that. We're all about the shameless
0: plugging here on this show, (laughs) if none others. So,
1: Um, can we start here, philosophically speaking? When you're three and ten out of the All Star break, how does that impact, or does it impact what you decide
2: to do at the MLB trade deadline? Yeah, it's tough to say because naturally you know you kind of feel like you're in a different position than you were potentially even 3 weeks ago at this point. Mike Hazen said on Wednesday he had a media scrum that it, it, you know, their performance leading up to the deadline over the couple of weeks is not totally indicative of what they may or may not do at the deadline given the sample size that they've been shown over the first half of the season. Hazen kind of used the phrase like this team deserves, you know, you know, their ability to improve it as opposed to kind of staying pat. But at the same time, I mean, they're no longer in a playoff spot. The Dodgers have taken control of the division at this point. It's a much different situation with them. Uh, and some of this regression, you know, some to the mean, some unfortunate, it's put them in a worse spot. So I, I don't know if it's going to impact them significantly, but maybe you're more or less likely to get somebody. If you are going to make a trade, that helps you down the road as opposed to a rental player who could maybe be more impactful now.
0: I do think it's interesting that point you brought up of Hazen saying this team kind of deserves that, you know, that big addition piece or whatever it may be. But Mike Hazen, at the same time, also deserves a better performance out of his team right now. Like, as we mentioned, three wins out of the all-star breaks, not doing you any favors. And they've now slipped below 500 against teams when they played them above 500 it's a very tricky spot but at the same time you have to think that they're still in it because the marlins and the giants have also been kind of scuffling out
2: of the gate sure yeah though they're they're still in the thick of a wild card race but something's gonna have to give at some point i mean ultimately the the last couple of weeks a lot of different things have gone wrong it's been as like a lack of sync it's kind of been my uh takeaway from it you know, the pitching, sometimes when they get a great night pitching, the offense isn't there. Right. Last night, Tommy Henry gets jumped on in the first inning, but then he throws five shutout innings to keep them alive, and they just cannot get the big break they need offensively, even though they got guys on base every single inning. The, you know, base running woes in Cincinnati were something that was uncharacteristic. Some defensive miscues that we've seen the last few weeks have, weren't there in the beginning of the season. So, it, And then, of course, I'm sure you guys have hit on the bullpen a, a bunch of times over the last couple of weeks. So oh, halfway. it's, um, it's a lot of different <laughs> The
1: bullpen's been getting hit on,
2: too, <laughs> for what it's worth. It's a lot of different little stuff that's adding up to just a less clean product than we saw in the beginning of the year, and then some of other offensive players who were raking early are no longer doing so. So it, it's a lot of different stuff, so it's hard to pinpoint, oh, if they fix the bullpen, the team will be saved. That could help, but it's not one solution or the other, really.
1: Part of the difficulty of this trade deadline, or at least the way that things have shaken out so far, and it's still early, is that a lot of rental players have been exchanged. Not a ton of long term. Uh, the guys you're talking about that Hazen might want, you know, for a couple of seasons. Not a lot of those pieces have moved. Kendall Graveman's got a little bit of control. Uh, I think he's got mm-hmm. two seasons left. Lance Lynn year, has right. a club option, but it's very expensive. So I don't know if the if they would even keep him in L A. Um, so it feels like the rental market in particular for relievers has been fairly cheap whereas the rental market for starting pitchers has been quite expensive
2: yeah I mean I think it's also just with the market that we're in right now there's a lot of teams still in it and that's sort of another takeaway from Hazen was that he doesn't really he wasn't really sure as of Wednesday what the market was going to look like at that point uh, and it's kind of Clearing itself up a little bit, but still, it's only been a handful of trades at this point. So, but you're right. A lot of teams need pitching. A lot of teams need starting pitching. And so far, we've seen that. I mean, I think the Angels deal was probably a little bit of an outlier given some of the other deals that we got. I the mean, Giolito trade? Yeah. To give up your two top prospects for a rental and Giolito uh, and Ronaldo Lopez, uh, that was a pretty steep price for a team that's, you know, desperate to win right now and keep Shohei Otani. While the Dodgers gave up a pretty Decent price for Lance Lynn and Joe Kelly, but the Dodgers, they have more so the means to do that. So every team's in a bit of a unique spot. That doesn't necessarily mean the Dimebacks are going to follow that same exact blueprint. But, uh, yeah, there's there's still a plenty of rentals out there, potentially. It's, it's just going to be tricky to find what you're willing to give up for two months of a season that may not be, like, your ultimate chance to win a World Series anyway that might be coming later. I
0: just get frustrated, though, and I know you two mentioned it on your Ain't No Thing podcast yesterday, But I look at the price of Aroldis Chapman going to Texas. Mm -hmm. Didn't feel like that Kansas City got all that much back. I look at the price that David Robertson went for when he went to Miami. The Mets are very high on those prospects, but we probably won't see them for another couple of years because they're 20 and 19 years old. Mm -hmm. I just I wonder if Mike Hazen has a better understanding of the market now, because a lot of these relievers and just the singular individual trades they're not really going for a lot, and I wonder what the Diamondbacks exactly are waiting for if they're trying to improve the bullpen. Given that the better bullpen arms, they don't seem to be going for all that
2: much. Yeah, I, I don't know about waiting. I think, I mean, they're they're clearly making calls, and you know, they've been doing their due sure. diligence for a couple of weeks now. Just nothing has come to fruition. Um, but yeah, you're right. Some some of these bigger named relievers haven't been going for like, the top three prospects in a system or something like that, especially when they're rentals and especially when they're older.
0: Do you think that maybe teams are trying to goat more out of the Diamondbacks because the Diamondbacks have a much more luscious pool of prospects to offer, per se? Whereas... Maybe like the Marlins don't necessarily have all that or the Rangers don't necessarily have that same type of capital. Whereas if you look at the Diamondbacks, you could say, oh, but we really like this guy and he's a top 100 prospect right now. Like, I don't know. My two cents on
1: that. I think the Diamondbacks, yes, they have a decent enough farm system, but I think it's top heavy. You have a couple of super prospects in Jordan Lawler, shortstop, Drew Jones in the outfield. Brandon fought a very good pitching prospect, but has not had that level of success at the major league level yet. Starting today. He's starting today. So we'll see how that goes. Could that play a role in whether or not he gets moved for a piece? I don't know. It's possible. It doesn't feel likely. Um, So to answer your question, yeah, they have good pieces. People should want any conversation around. I don't know. I'm just throwing out names. Marcus Strowman Marcus Stroman. Or a couple of weeks ago, like another starting pitcher of that caliber, Dylan Cease. They should have been asking about those guys. But I don't think that the Diamondbacks are in a position right now where they should be throwing those names into conversations for especially rental players, but maybe even not for bigger names.
2: Yeah, I mean, and you guys mentioned off- you know, that you've been talking about David Bednar a lot, and that's yeah. another one. He's a relief pitcher, not a starting pitcher. But if you're the Pirates, you're not dealing him if you're not getting one of those top two guys with so much control left. And back to Mitch's question, I think every team's trying to go to every other team at this point. True. But yeah. given the state of the d farm system, I think Steve's right. It's definitely top-heavy. There's some decent depth to it, but I, I'm not sure you're going to package together some of your kind of like, if you look at the top 30 on Pipeline, for example, some guys in the teens and get— you don't know, Mitch Keller or David Bednar or Eduardo Rodriguez at that point. I think the team's going to want somebody from the top of that chain, and that's going to be kind of a difficult decision to make with the Diamondbacks, especially given where they have been in the second half and what their prospect is for competing for a championship this year compared to down the line.
1: One name I'll throw out really quick, and I will do more names here when we come back from the next break, but. Uh, the Chicago White Sox have been the team that's most active. They've Very. given away Lance Lynn, Lucas Giolito, Kendall Graveman. I'm sure I'm missing a couple. Raynaud Joe De Kelly, Raynova Lopez. De Lopez. De Lopez. Yeah. They've sold like their entire pitching staff already. We know they're not likely to move Dylan Cease or Michael Kopech, right? But... They do have one guy that the Diamondbacks are fairly familiar with. I know where and know you're going with this. Keenan Middleton. I don't I, I, Who was I don't not a this. big name with the Diamondbacks, uh, and clearly they let him go. Not with the Angels either, but okay, right. let's keep going. Right. But is that a name that maybe you revisit out of familiarity and say, okay, you know what? Clearly there was something in the tank. We didn't get out of that guy. Maybe we could take another
2: stab at it. Um, not entirely sure. I mean, 382 ERA looks decent. FIP is 470. There's clearly room for regression there. He's striking out a lot more batters this year than he had in the past, but the walks are still a little up. Um, The home run rate's down from last year with the Diamondbacks when it was an appalling 2.6 per nine innings, but it's still higher than it's been at any other point in his career. The whip is up from last year. I I think he's had a very good season, and it's nice to see somebody bounce back after getting let go, but I'm not so sure he's much of a difference maker other than somebody to add depth to the back end of the bullpen and just kind of be somebody else you could throw in the sixth or seventh innings but maybe not somebody you rely on late
0: Alex Weiner covers the Diamondbacks with Arizona Sports and one half of the Ain't No Fang podcast with Steve when we come back we talked a lot about relievers but there's a couple of starters that have been linked to the Diamondbacks in recent days I want to get Alex's thoughts on those guys next on Arizona Sports Saturday Mitch Vareldis. Steve Zinsmeister, Arizona Sports Saturday. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Hour number two of Arizona Sports Saturday here on the Arizona Sports app and on 98.7 here in the Auction Community Studios. Steve Zinsmeister, Mitch Varellis, Trevor Henry behind the class, joined once again by Alex Weiner, our lead D-backs writer for Arizona Sports and one half of the Ain't No Fang podcast. They just dropped an episode Yesterday, be sure to check it out wherever you get your podcast. Prior segment, Alex, we did a lot of touching on relievers and how the market's kind of already starting to move with some of the trades that the White Sox made in a sell-off sort of sense. They've already sold off five pitchers, six pitchers. But the Diamondbacks need more than just relief help. They need starter help, too. And I want to start with the one guy that's getting a lot of connection to the Diamondbacks right now, and that's left-handed Cardinals pitcher Jordan Montgomery. Uh, got another quality start yesterday, albeit in a loss, but he, he's got what I call like the Matt Cain problem where he pitches really well, but his offense doesn't show up. Montgomery's still a very valuable pitcher uh, that the Diamondbacks should be looking at here at the deadline.
2: Yeah. Um, the blue button there. Oh, there we, there we go. go. Be good. Um, <laughs> a veteran of the studio, obviously. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Jordan Montgomery, I mean, in a nutshell, would be a great addition because he's been one of the more steadier off or pitchers in baseball of the last couple of seasons, um, he's been great since he got to the Cardinals. He was solid with the Yankees for most of his tenure there, uh, and you know this year three four two ERA, but he is another rental player. So again, it's sort of like cost versus how much you're willing to kind of push forward all in on this season, right? Um, with the rotation, it, it's again it's kind of in an interesting spot because now Merrill Kelly and Zach Allen are back on the top. Kelly is back and healthy. And then you have Ryan Nelson, Tommy Henry, and right now it's Brandon Fott uh, with Zach Davies on the injured list. Relying on three rookies down the stretch, it it can be kind of difficult. And Tori Lovello pointed this the other day where September could be a grind for some younger guys who haven't pitched this deep, especially into a major league season before. So to add some depth seems to make a lot of sense for them. Um, Yeah, with with Montgomery, again, it's, it's so hard to... Think of the price with him. I know we've seen some starting pitchers go, but like Giolito was tied to a reliever to an angels team. We talked about that was a unique situation. Lance Lynn tied to reliever. We talked about that unique situation. So for a purely rental pitcher, not entirely sure what that market looks like yet. We haven't gotten a lot of examples of it, but it's, it's just going to be kind of hard to make that balance there. But in, theory, he would be a great addition, especially as a left-handed pitcher when they're righty heavy anyway.
0: Steve, I know your dream scenario involves more than just getting Jordan Montgomery from the Cardinals because they kind of have the three areas of need that the Diamondbacks need. And I know you mentioned on your recent episode that Tyler O'Neill's probably not going to be moved. The Cardinals are now sounds like. they're working on an extension with Jordan Hicks. So that already dries up two out of the three. That might not be going well, by the way. Reportedly,
1: yeah. Reportedly, that might be going south. And he is a free agent. Tyler O'Neill is not. So they may be under some pressure. If we, if we think the negotiation with Hicks is not going well,
0: maybe we do trade him after all. Whereas O'Neal, they could just hold on to. I just wonder, because it sounds like Montgomery is going to be the most expensive pitcher traded outside of Giolito.
2: Obviously, Giolito went for two top four prospects in the uh, Angels system. Right, and with Rodriguez, we just don't know what that contract is. Yeah. There's, an op, there's an opt-in for three more years, but it's at the end of this season. So that makes that a little bit trickier. So, yeah, maybe Montgomery is the most expensive starter who's left on the market.
0: The Rodriguez being Eduardo Rodriguez with the Tigers, who's had a very good season with Detroit, albeit with Detroit. But he's pitched very, very well, Steve. And the contract stipulation that Alex is referring to is the opt-out that he has this year. But if Rodriguez decides to opt in, you can get him for three years beyond yeah. this one season. It's crazy.
1: It's one of those deals where you, I would think you have to make that deal if you're the Diamondbacks with it in mind that we're only giving up what we think it should cost to get him as a rental because we we have to go in assuming he's going to opt out and not be with us for the next three years. Um, that's what I would do, and that's why it makes it so difficult for the Tigers to trade him because like, what team out there is giving the – The package, the prospect package for a four-year trade when he could leave at the end of the season, and it's a two-month trade. So instead of risking that, I would think you would offer the Tigers something that's a little bit better than a rental price and hope and pray that the guy opts into his contract. But the remaining money on his deal is three years, $49 million and that's over his ages, 31, 32, and 33 seasons. So you have to ask yourself, is this player going to go out and hit the open market and make more than that? Uh, I think Alex and I agree, probably will. I mean, he's a left-handed pitcher with some modicum of success Mm -hmm. at the major league level. He probably will make more than that, so I don't know if he's a target for them. I I understand them being interested in him, but it's that opt-out, that contract is
2: so weird that I just, it's such a risk to move for him. He's a legit number two, number three starter, and That's on the lower end of, like, a legit number two starting money. I mean, it makes all the sense in the world, especially if he continues to pitch the way that he is right now to opt out and get a better long-term deal. And, man, if if you're the Tigers, too, you're asking for more than the rental price, obviously. That makes it a little bit... I mean, obviously, that makes it tricky, but maybe you look elsewhere on the Tigers because they have a bunch of arms potentially to give up. Is Michael Lorenzen a more palatable target, even if he's less exciting, than Rodriguez because then you you don't have the stipulations as great it would be if the Diamondbacks got Eduardo Rodriguez and he opts in and they can build their rotation they could focus on you know locking up Zach Allen and they have Gallon Kelly and Rodriguez and then build out from the younger guys that's a heck of a rotation but if he leaves in free agency and you give up a little bit more than you're willing to give up for maybe a Jordan Montgomery or another rental piece I don't know maybe do you have more clarity in what you're trying to do with the Michael Lorenzen or do you Try to shoot somewhere else to try to find somebody maybe younger who has more uh, availability. Or do you try to tack on one of those relievers with Rodriguez the
1: way that we've seen with Giolito and with Lance Lynn? Do you try to tack on one of those relievers who maybe is more controllable uh, and you tell the Tigers, listen, we'll give you a little bit more than the rental price for Rodriguez, but you got to kick something back our direction? Something else that we get in return and that
2: need would probably be in the bullpen. Uh, I right, think. like a Jason Foley or Tyler Holton, former Diamondback Tyler Holton, who's kinda like Keaton yeah. Middleton, is having a pretty good season for the Detroit Tigers. Let's just
0: bring back all the former Diamondbacks, see if they work out in the bullpen again. What's maybe, Fernando Rodney doing? <laughs> maybe even Alex Lang, who's been their
2: closer this year in and out of that spot. I don't know if they'd be willing to sacrifice him, but I think he's I think he's locked or I think he's under team control through twenty seven. But yeah, young well, closer, great case, curveball. W- would
0: you rather have Lang or David Bednar?
2: Bednar. Okay, see, that was an easy request. That was an easy question, yeah. So,
0: Lang. I wonder if the price— I'm going Lang. Uh, Why wait, is that? Really? I would rather have Bednar the
1: player,
2: but for the cost that it's going to cost you, I think I'd rather have Lang. I think if you're going all in on that anyway, you might as well get the best guy.
1: I don't disagree with you there. It's just I'm getting Lang with the understanding that I'm also getting Rodriguez.
0: Okay, what if I expand, right? what if I expand this a bit? So the centerpieces that have I now go. become the Bednar or the Lang, right? Would you rather have the duo of Mitch
2: Keller and David Bednar? Or the duo of Eduardo Rodriguez and Alex Lang. I think the Keller Bednard duo is unrealistic. I think, I think if you're the, I think in theory, if the Dimebacks can, no matter what the cost is, if you can get those two players who are proving themselves, mm-hmm. young players who are going to be under contract for at least the next three years, you have to do it. But it just, if you're the Pirates, why would you, and, and Steve made this call on the, uh, show yesterday. Why would you kind of go through the rebuild again when you're getting closer and these guys are under team control? Okay, what about, can't see what
0: about a more realistic duo? What about David Bednar and Rich Hill? I don't want to. So you
2: Rich get Hill. older, but cheaper, but also left handed. I think it's still expensive because you get Bednar. Right. So
1: I'm not particularly interested in Rich Hill. I mean, it's not just an ageist thing. (laughs) How dare you? uh, I I don't see. It's nice if you get a lefty back, like if you get Eduardo Rodriguez back, that's nice. I don't think it's a necessity. I think that they're probably looking for talent at the right price and with the right contract rather than is he right handed or is he left handed? I I understand they have a lacking of left handers in the rotation. Tommy Henry's your only lefty, Mm -hmm. Um, but I don't necessarily think that that's a make or break characteristic
0: and I don't think they're in any rush to bring Blake Walston up who I know has been solid for Reno and they expect him to be solid going forward as a left-handed pitcher up and down he's had a weird
2: year needs the walks to go down and the strikeouts to go up a little bit
0: is that maybe someone that you could because I wonder if Rodriguez and Montgomery are around the same price point given their value and given the fact that they could be going into a contract year basically would you be willing to go for and say hey We've got this young left-hander. He's got a couple of issues right now at AAA, but when he's right, he's really right, and you try and dangle Blake Walston as opposed to a Brandon Fott in one of those types of deals. I think it would take more than that. More than Walston?
2: Yeah. yeah. What if it was instead Yumin Lin? I also think it would take more than that. I think they would be multiple prospects. Multiple guys, yeah. yeah.
1: I I still, I know I pitched it last weekend. I still love the idea of getting multiple things back from the Cardinals. If the interest in Jordan Montgomery is what Gambo says it is, and I believe that, uh, do Montgomery and Hicks. Go to the Cardinals and say, listen, stop dealing with this headache. Stop dealing with this guy who can't aim. We'll take him off of your off your hands. And you don't have to worry about, do we extend him? Do we not extend him? We'll take care of that. But throw in the package. We will certainly pay you a lot more than the price for two rentals. We will. It would be a decent package you would have to give up for those two individuals.
0: Alex, any final thoughts? Anything else that you're looking at as far as the Diamondbacks approach to the deadline? Any maybe guys we're not necessarily keeping a closer eye on that maybe we should?
2: I'm interested that the Mets have gone on the selling direction what would Adam Mantovino potentially cost as a back end guy who's done it for a while? He, I think he has another year under contract for like six point seven million or something like that. So you have to be willing to willing, kind of indulge in that. Maybe a little bit. Steve will pay some of it. But maybe may, yeah, that's, that's true. That's true <laughs> I make the big bucks around here. Um, and then the other <laughs> ideas would Steven be one. the bats. Uh, if they need another right handed outfield bat, especially given the struggles that Lourdes Gurriel has shown over the last few months I mean I, I looked it up so is has a 44 WRC plus since June 1st which is tied for third worst in the league among the qualified hitters Ooh. the best version <laughs> of the Dimebacks has been with him slugging in the middle of the lineup and I yeah. guess the hope is that he can find that again but in the meantime if you need another right handed bat I mean that's another option for them to go out and get to
1: can I throw out two teams not names of players but two teams that I think might play an interesting role that people aren't talking about one of them is at Chase Field this weekend Seattle Mariners? Seattle Mariners Or did you mean the Diamondbacks? No, well, (laughs) them too. Uh, The Seattle Mariners have a plethora of young, controllable starting pitching, something that I think the Diamondbacks are really desiring. Mm -hmm. But what is it that the Mariners are looking to get back that you would have to give up? And I think that's a very interesting question. And it would have to be... One of those deals where it's not just a bunch of prospects going back. It would have to right. be something of significant value at the major league level. And then the other team I'll throw out very quickly is Cleveland. They made a very weird deal sending Ahmed Rosario to the Dodgers, a guy they just locked up to a long-term contract. Cleveland clearly needs hitting, not pitching. But because Shane Bieber went on the IL for the 60-day, I think they made the move for Cindergard. I wonder if Cleveland looks for a hitter, specifically an outfielder somewhere else, and we know that the Diamondbacks
2: have a plethora of outfielders at AAA and the Major League level. Yeah, because not only the Bieber injury, but Tristan McKenzie. Oh, that one's brutal. And Cal Quantrill, who—could Cal Quantrill be a target, potentially? He's had a down year this year because he's been hurt for most of the year. But the last couple of seasons, he's been pretty solid, and I think he went on the IL with shoulder inflammation, I want to say a couple of weeks ago, and I haven't heard too too much about his road back, but if he's somebody who can pitch— I don't know, half of August and all the way through September. Is he, you know, an interesting target? A
1: career ERA under four, a whip of 1.26. Feels like an upgrade over Zach Davies. Uh, Yeah. Which I don't know. It's just health.
2: It's just health. But what do
1: you have to give up? Do you have to give up Alec Thomas? Do you have to give up Jake McCarthy? (laughs) Because Cleveland's going to want an outfielder. I mean, maybe it's Canzone, maybe it's Fletcher. Those guys seem to be, I don't want to say expendable, but they're certainly a part of a surplus.
0: Alex, as always, thanks so much for the time. Appreciate it. He's going to be covering the game later today, so be sure to follow Alex for all the latest updates on the Diamondbacks and check out his work on ArizonaSports.com and the Ain't No Fink podcast on the Arizona Sports app.